Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, psychologist, relationship coach, attachment theory expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, author of Love Magnet and Athletic Wear Connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract to healthy relationship. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. Buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. I am very excited about this episode. This is a topic that so many of you need. We are going to discuss hopelessness in dating being fed up with the dating scene and what you can do to make some major mindset shifts so that you can change how you're showing up and get different results, aka finally attract healthy, loving, maybe just the love of your life this year, attracting the person for you. All of that starts with you changing how you're showing up. So we're going to get into it. This is inspired by just what I've seen inside of the Successful Women Great Relationships Facebook community. We have this awesome Facebook community. There's so many women in there who share their experiences. They ask for support. They're cheering each other on. And there's a lot of venting. There's a lot of, I can see a lot of focus on the negative experiences in dating And I lovingly called this out in the community a few days ago. And I just said, hey, y'all, we need to be really aware. What are the belief systems that we have? How are our beliefs impacting what's going on? And if we're really thinking this way and feeling this way and going down these thought spirals and making it mean that all men are bad, there's no good men out there, all men are cheaters and liars, et cetera, et cetera. Is that actually doing us any good if we go down those rabbit holes and vent and have a, excuse me, but have a bitch session? Is that actually doing us any good? The, the short answer is no. Um, and I'm going to talk with you about how do we change this? What do we do instead? And before I jump into how do we change it, I just want to give you compassion and empathy. And guess what? I used to be the person leading the bitch sessions about how there was no good men out there, men suck, etc. Um, and I know that it's so easy to feel hopeless, to get down on yourself, to feel like it's never going to happen for me. Maybe over Christmas, you saw all your friends getting engaged and all these cute couples and their matching Christmas outfits. And you're thinking, why has this not happened for me? It can be very easy to just compare yourself, go down the negative thought spiral, start thinking there's things that are wrong with you, or there's things wrong with your town or the people you're dating. And it's, it's easy to get very critical and judgmental of ourselves and of others. One thing I want to point out, when we are judging the people we're dating, 
and we're, we're judging our dating lives, what that tells me is you're also judging yourself. How we respond to one thing is how we respond to everything. So when I have people who are really overly critical about the dates they're going on or their experiences, I know that that's also a reflection of how they're speaking to themselves. So that's another reason why we got to fix this dating mindset because you need to have a great relationship with yourself, a positive, supportive, loving relationship with you. And you need to be able to have that same approach towards your dating life and the people you're getting to know, right? So one thing I'm just going to point out, I'm going to start with this, of pointing out some of the things that I've noticed, and then we'll talk about what to do instead. Number one, this is kind of a dating mindset um, sabotage thing that I see, is believing that there's simply no one available, that there's nobody out there for you at all, whether you are saying it's because of something about you or where you live or how old you are. But this is simply being in scarcity mindset. You're, you have the audacity to think that there, out of all these humans on the planet, that there is just no one for you. Do you know how crazy that is, that thought? It's just simply not true. The, <laughs> the fact is that if you have the desire on your heart for a healthy relationship and you have so much love to give and you are putting that out there and you've, you're releasing the blocks... I guarantee you there are so many people that would love to date you. There is an abundance of people out there that would love to date you, would love to get to know you. I don't believe in one soulmate. I believe that there are actually so many people out there who we could build a healthy, great relationship with. It's just about connecting with someone and both of you having the capacity and the desire and the mutual attraction and ability to build secure attachment and meeting that person and deciding, hey, this is the person that I want to build alongside. I want to build a relationship with this person. And there's actually so many people you can do that with. There's an abundance, okay? It is just nuts to think that there isn't someone out there for you. But I'm saying that knowing that I had many times in my life where I had that very thought that there's no one out there. I will be single and just travel the world with my girlfriends and just focus on my career and there's just not a single person. But I'm telling you that that belief is actually just taking the easy way out. Because if I say there's no one out there, then guess what? I'm off the hook. I don't have to try. I don't have to work on myself. I don't have to put myself out there. I don't have to keep showing up for dates. There's no one out there, right? So that belief is just a way to stay in your comfort zone and it's not doing you any good. So like I said, we want to shift to abundance mindset. One thing that could be helpful is looking at the evidence. You can look at different stories about people who've met someone maybe later in life. 
Look at the healthy relationships in your life. Look for the evidence that love is out there. It's available. It exists. And remind yourself, instead of getting jealous, you want to say, if it's available for them, it is available for me. It is out there. It exists. I can take it in. So that was the first uh, dating mindset shift that we need to make. A second one, and I haven't really talked about this before, but this is huge, okay? When we're dating and we're going on dates and getting to know people and there's the first dates, the third dates, et cetera, right? And you're just in this process of I'm going to put myself out there. Uh, things happen. People cancel. People no-show. People show up drunk. I'm just like thinking of different dates I've been on. Like crazy shit happens. Okay. It's dating. It's humans. Shit happens. Um, okay. Starting the podcast out with a lot of cuss words, 2024. We like it. We like it. Uh, just telling the truth here. And the thing that is nuts is when we do this thing where we make other people's behaviors, ways of being, the ways that they've shown up to date us, we make it mean something about us or about our worthiness. So for example, if somebody shows up 15 minutes late to the date, I could make it mean something. I could say, oh, they're just so good looking and so important. And I'm just lucky to be here. And wow, they showed up late, but it's fine. And I'm just so happy to be here. Or I could make it mean, oh my gosh, they're an asshole. I can't believe they did that. They're terrible. Oh my goodness, right? I could devalue myself or I could overvalue them and I could make it mean something about my worthiness or their worthiness. And I'm telling you, that is not how you want to approach dating. The early stages of dating, I've said this before, I'll say it again, you are a love scientist. You are simply gathering data. You never, in those first three-ish months, you don't have enough data to really draw conclusions about someone. And at least you can make a hypothesis, but you know, a firm conclusion, it takes time. Good things take time. You got to gather the data over time, right? Um, but if someone is not texting you back, why on earth would you make that mean something about you? When, when someone is quote unquote disappointing us, that's a whole other podcast I'll have to do, but let's just say we're having a human reaction. We're disappointed. They're not texting us back as we think that they should. And if I then say, wow, they must not like me. I must have done something wrong. I, or I go the opposite and I say, wow, they're such an idiot. They're terrible. Right. And then I'm devaluing them. If that is my response, I am not going to be able to accurately gather the data. I'm not going to be able to show up in the relationship long enough to really know, okay, what is this? Do I want to get to know this person more? What, what do I need? What feedback do I need to give? Right. If I am 
just jumping to conclusions about my worthiness or their worthiness. I cut myself off from learning and from the experience of dating and getting to know someone. So what should I, what should I reframe that as? So let's say you go on date number one, you had a great time. It's four days later and they said they were going to text you and they haven't texted you yet. With your love scientist coat on, your sexy white lab coat, and you're just gathering the, da- the data here, okay? That's the vibe. You are going to say, huh, I wonder if they have capacity for a healthy relationship. I wonder if they're able to show up in the way that I want a partner to show up. I don't know if they want to build the same kind of relationship that I want to build. I'm showing up with that kind of curiosity and going, wow, they're auditioning for a role and I'm just not quite sure that it's the right fit. I don't know that we're looking for the same things. They're, they're trying out for Hamlet and this is West Side Story. Okay. Like there's just a total disconnect. I just threw those two plays out. Um, confession. I actually don't know how West Side Story (laughs) ends. I need to watch it. Uh, That'll be on my, one of my lists for 2024. (laughs) Anyways, you get the idea. You want to have this approach of, okay, I just don't know if it's a match. Not that I'm a bad person, not that they're a bad person, just don't know if it's a match. And then here's the growth edge here. We want to be able to express how we feel and give feedback because guess what you want to be able to do in your lifelong partnership? Express how you feel and give feedback. If you can't do that in early stages of dating, You're going to likely struggle with that for your entire life with this person, right? I think this just gets overlooked so much and it just drives me nuts. All the people that talk about like playing games or playing hard to get or, oh, don't say this, but no, show up in dating the way that you would want to show up in long-term partnership. There's obviously different levels of vulnerability. We're not, we're letting people earn our vulnerability. We're pacing the relationship, but we want to show up in similar ways where we're being honest and we're giving feedback. So with that text example, I would say something like, Hey, I had a great time with you the other night. I thought we were really connecting. I was surprised to not hear from you. I felt disappointed. So this is super vulnerable. That's why people don't want to do it. You'd rather get angry and write the person off as an asshole, right? But it's vulnerable to say, I had a great time. I really liked you. I was disappointed. I didn't hear from you. Honestly, that's exactly what I would say. I would say, uh, what happened, how I felt, and then how not hearing from the person made me feel. I would just say that. And then I would leave it in their court and I would see how they respond. And once again, gathering data. If someone, I'm kind of like the whole like three strikes you're out, okay? 
if if someone is not texting me back and I say something like that and then they say, oh my gosh, I had a family emergency, you know, something came up and then we go on another date and then they do the same thing. I'm going to call them out on it again. And then depending on how I feel or how legitimate the reasoning is, I'm, I might give one more shot, but always within three, I'm done. If someone said, Hey, I'm not going to do this. I promise I'll do something different. And then they do it for the third time. Uh, I just kind of have a rule. It's a standard for myself. Three strikes. I'm done. Um, it may be sooner than that, but, but that's a rule. And what's more important though, like, yes, it sucks to go through that. And yes, you're being vulnerable and you're, you're, saying, Hey, I'm going to give you a chance to make this right. Um, but the best part about this is that you're showing up, you're being honest, you're giving feedback, you're giving someone the opportunity to grow with you and you're learning so much about their capacity to be in partnership because guess what? There is no perfect partnership out there despite what you see on social media, or if you see couples where you think they're perfect, they are not. So in dating, people will make mistakes just like they do in relationships. And we want to be able to see how do they respond when I give them feedback. And if they don't respond well, if they get defensive, if they can't meet your request, even if you've clearly laid it out, then you get to learn, wow, this person does not have capacity to build the kind of relationship I want. So I know I'm spending a long time on this point, but you can see how if I take people's behaviors and actions and I make it mean something about me or I make it mean something about them and I'm quick to either write myself off or write them off, that I shut myself off from the learning and the growth that is available in dating. I have to be willing to be in the gray area, to show up as a human, to share how things make me feel, and to be brave enough to give feedback and to be that love scientist to see, can someone grow with me when I give them feedback, okay? You guys know my rule, no plastic plants. We are not here to give to relationships that don't give back to us. We're not here to water relationships with our precious energy if that relationship is not going to grow. And at the same time, we have to give people the opportunity to grow. And the only way we do that is through open, honest, direct communication, our securely attached communication right? And you may assume that people know how to treat you, but not, not everyone does. We have to make it known. We have to make it known. Okay. That was such an important point. Honestly, if you can nail that, you're just going to change your dating life right there. Okay. So if you stop listening now, you're good, but I do have one other one for you. And This is when, this is probably more often 
Actually, I'm going to give you two more. Okay. Two more. I'm going to do one that is specific to anxious attachment and we'll do one that's specific to avoidant attachment. Okay. So we'll, we'll hit everyone with this. The next one is poor dating mindset is when you are thought spiraling, catastrophizing, and you're imagining worst case scenario. This is so common for my anxiously attached folks because it became a coping skill likely learned in either early romantic relationships or your early childhood. You develop this way of thinking of predicting the worst as a way to try to prevent it, as a, as a way to not be abandoned or not be neglected or not be disappointed. And it was a way your brain thought, well, if I imagine worst case scenario and I imagine I'm going to be abandoned, then I can think about what do I need to do in order to not be abandoned. So it was a way to activate you. So imagining worst case scenario and catastrophizing and all your thoughts spiraling, it was a way to try to activate you to maintain someone's love, to try to prevent abandonment. And here's the thing is that this might've actually worked at one point with your caregiver. There might've been things that you learned to do, ways of being, get good grades, et cetera. And at some point that might've worked for you. You might've gotten love and prevented abandonment. Okay. Here's the deal. It's not serving you in your adult dating life. When you're thought spiraling, when you're imagining worst case scenario, you're then throwing yourself into hypervigilance, into do, 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 right? Into asking for reassurance constantly. You're putting, you're putting yourself into action when actually you would do so much better to just remain still, to not do anything, to be the observer, to be the love scientist, to align with your securely attached self, right? So when you notice the thought spiraling and you have the mindset of thinking about the worst case scenario, I want you to do this. I want you to give yourself so much compassion. I don't want you to judge it. When you judge the anxious thinking, you make it worse, you make it bigger. So I want you to have compassion and say, oh, there's that way of thinking again that worked at one point, but doesn't work anymore, right? Give yourself compassion and then ask yourself, what would securely attached me do? You want to align with the securely attached version of yourself in the moment. And a lot of times that version of you would go take care of themselves. They would stop hyper-focusing on the relationship or the person, they would take that energy back and they would turn it inwards and go do something for themselves, right? Okay. So that was my anxious attachment mindset shift that needs to change going from worst case scenario thinking to thinking as your securely attached, highest and best, high self-worth version of you. Okay. Now for the avoidant attachment mindset shift. And this one is so sneaky. Okay. This is when 
you are using high standards as a way to devalue others and as a way to keep yourself distant from others. So as a distancing strategy, you're saying that you are not finding anyone who's good enough for you. You are looking down on others. You're saying, well, if only, if only they were 6'3", or if only they had a super, super successful career, or if only they wanted to scuba dive with me, they're not into scuba diving. You're coming up with reasons to distance yourself and you, you might be mistaking high standards for um, avoidant attachment. So what you think is high standards might be your avoidant attachment style, okay? And how do we know you're going, okay, Dr. Morgan, I hear you. You're calling me out. Tough love. How do I know? So if you are dating and you're getting to know someone and you notice yourself, quote unquote, devaluing, as in thinking you're better than them, you're looking down on them in some way, right? What you want to do is pause and you want to get to the root of it and you want to ask yourself, is this based in how I really truly feel? Is this really an incompatibility or something that is not attractive to me? You want to actually pause and write this out or here's the alternative, right? If it's, if it's something that when I write it out, it's actually, oh, it's not a deal breaker. It's not that it's unattractive to me. Or is it that it's rooted in fear? And one way we can know that it's rooted in fear is we can kind of ask ourselves the question of, well, what happens if this relationship continues? What if I do get to know this person more? What emotions come up for me or what thoughts come up for me? When I imagine myself getting closer and I'm becoming more vulnerable, is it fear that comes up, right? We got to be, we got to be open and honest. What, what is the emotion? And one thing I've noticed is that if it's compatibility, if it really truly is compatibility, when you imagine yourself growing in that relationship with that person and you imagine yourself getting closer, what comes up isn't fear. It's usually just this like, uh, I'm not that excited about it. It's like, I'm just not, I'm not thrilled at that idea. There's no, there's no passion or joy or excitement that comes from imagining. So it's not fear, but it's just kind of like, that just doesn't sound fun to me. That doesn't sound exciting at all. It's not something I want. And that's how we can be more cued into, okay, it's compatibility. So really important mindset shifts that we have gone over today when we're thinking about totally rewiring your brain for an enjoyable, sexy, spicy dating life, a love-filled, securely attached. Remember, secure is sexy, okay? When... I want to just remind you, like, 
you get to have fun in your dating life. And we are helping you rewire your brain for a dating life that feels good. Like it, it gets to feel good. And that's what this episode was all about, giving you all these mindset shifts to move you to a place where you can actually enjoy dating and you can attract the relationship that you want. So obviously this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much deep work that goes into becoming securely attached and learning how to actually bring that person that you want into your life. I would love to support you inside of the Empowered Secure Love program this year. We have incredible bonuses for you this month. You will receive the Morning Alignment Journal and a never-before-released training where I go in-depth on the Morning Alignment practice And I'm telling you, this is like the thing that my clients love. They're always, when I ask them, what was your favorite part of the program? A lot of them will say the morning alignment. And it's because it's a practice designed to help rewire your brain and help you with major identity shifts. And it is so, so impactful and it works. I'm an example of it. My clients are. So right now, when you join the Empowered Secure Love Program, you get the journal mailed to you so you can do the written practice and you also are going to get bonus never before released trainings on how to do the morning alignment practice. And I've just improved it over the years and it's gotten better. So I thought, hey, it's time to add these bonus trainings. All right, y'all. This episode was brought to you by Dayquil and hot tea and kombucha. Thank you for your patience with me as I have recovered from the illnesses that have been going around this holiday season. Um, But I think I was able to still get it across and I hope you got a lot of value out of it. As you know, I am cheering you on always, forever and always. And I am 1000% certain that the kind of love and relationship that you want is available to you. So no matter where you are in your healing journey, if you're going into the new year thinking, oh, I just wish I was in a relationship already, like it's okay. You've got this. You are so worthy of a great relationship. It's already on its way to you. It's just about removing the blocks and becoming that securely attached version that allows you to attract and maintain a great relationship. And I'm cheering you on as always. And of course, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you tag me. It would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this show grow, the more people will be able to help. Until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.